0: hi and welcome back to the sustainability issue podcast a podcast about sustainable fashion and mindfulness with me desi georgieva today we're talking recycling waste and i'm excited to present my guest alina bassi alina is a chemical engineer turned entrepreneur with a big passion for sustainability With 7 years experience designing and building factories that turn waste into energy and biofuels, she decided to start her own venture, Clyderly, to tackle the issue of textile waste. She's developed an award-winning solution to transform textile waste into a plastic alternative, which can be used to produce anything from furniture to clothing, hangers to sunglasses. She's an advocate for women in science and tech, as well as one of the founding members of Tech in Color, an initiative that supports female founders of color to raise investment. More recently, she's joined the Forbes 30 under 30 class of 2020 in the manufacturing and industry category. Welcome, Alina. It's great to have you on the podcast.
1: Oh, I forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, good to be on
0: here. It's a pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get to where you are now and how did you get into fashion and the whole sustainability topic?
1: Um, I think with sustainability, actually, that came from a really young age. I I don't actually remember when I like first heard about climate change, but I remember it was probably through school or maybe reading an encyclopedia because I remember my mum used to try and make me read encyclopedias (laughs) in the summer holidays. And um, it was then that I think I started to realise, I can't believe that we're living in this time where you know at some point the polar ice caps might melt and ev- like everything is going to flood and I can't swim and I, I, as a kid if this was just a huge panic moment I thought oh my god what am I gonna do about this so um, I had it from a really young age actually decided that I was going to work on something to do with sustainability that was just the thing I knew I wanted to do and that really helped me to choose my career path, it helped me to figure out what I wanted to do as an engineer. Um, so that passion was always yeah, there from the beginning. Um, I think the interest in the fashion industry is actually more of a more personal one. It's just something I've always found interesting. I um, yeah just enjoyed, you know, seeing obviously Western clothes like we all wear, but also, you know, having an Indian heritage also seeing beautiful Indian garments, which are so colourful and have so much more, so much to them. Um, so that interest in fashion has just, just always been there. It's a personal thing. And um, I just love being able to combine the two now. It's, um, it's yeah, it's like a dream. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. And yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on the whole sustainability thing since you were a child. I feel the same way. But was there a pivotal moment for you when you said, "Okay, now um, you took the loop and you had to start the company?
1: Um, Yeah, I think I mentioned the story a lot, but I will say it again anyway for anyone who hasn't heard. um, I haven't worked in waste for a long time. I had seen waste from homes, waste from coffee. Um, I've been to recycling sites where people are picking through household waste that we have. And, you know, I've been to sites where, you know, I've worn a high vis jacket and there's so many flies in this waste site that everything is just sticking to me. And so I've seen waste in many different ways, but it was actually during a trip to Tanzania, visiting some of my family there that I actually saw textile waste for the first time. So I wouldn't say it's an aha moment. But it, I think that's as close as it gets um, for me anyway, um, because that was my first time seeing this. And it was it was literally three or four months after that I decided, OK, that's the thing I'm going to work on. But I think sometimes when you start a company, a lot more things have to align. It's not just the idea. It's also the timing in your life. So at the time, I wasn't really in a full-time job. I wasn't really sure what my next path was gonna be. And I'd worked for so many years and I realized that if I don't start now, I'm never gonna do it because this is the only, like this seems like the right time to do it. And it always feels like a leap of faith. It'll never feel like the perfect time, but that's kind of like the closest to perfect time I mean there never really is a perfect time I
0: love that there's this notion of connecting the dots and you do different things in your life and along the way the dot starts connecting so I guess that's something Uh, yeah Yeah, looking back I'm like oh okay now I know that that experience doing my carbon
1: footprint calculations and my master's thesis is so helpful to me now or um doing this one thing in that factory that I worked in is so helpful now so you definitely you can connect the dots looking back but when you're looking ahead you have no
0: idea (laughs) totally and tell us about Cliderly what is the vision and the mission of the company Um, So with Cloudly, we're trying to solve the problem of
1: textile waste um, through one solution. Of course, this problem is so big that we can't solve it ourselves, um, but we're trying our best to tackle it as much as possible. So 90% of all of the clothes that we ever wear go to a landfill or go to an incinerator. So in a landfill, they sit there for over 200 years because we wear plastic and it doesn't decompose. Um, In an incinerator, it's just burned. So we decided to take this resource and say okay how can you use this and reuse it in thinking of circular economy principles so we developed a technology to recycle it into a plastic alternative and that means that you're solving it two environmental problems at once because you don't need to send all those textiles to a landfill but you also don't need to produce plastics from crude oil because um you know, that's also a, a polluting stream. So essentially with our solution, we solve both of these and produce a product that's really versatile. So our material has been used to replace polystyrene and clothing hangers, kbs plastic in security tags for fashion brands um, now replacing acetate in eyewear but also we're working on a furniture line so in that case we would be replacing materials like polypropylene or wood so it's a really versatile material but it took a very long time to get here Um, the goal is to do as much as we can to reduce um, textile waste in the environment not just at the end where we're taking it but also in the beginning because the waste is generated by our consumer behavior and so the only way to tackle it is also to tackle it from the other end and help people to understand what their um, their habits are, are, the impact of their habits in the environment. So we're trying to tackle it from both ends. One end is the very practical solution and the other end is more of knowledge sharing with our online magazine, we're doing lots of events to help people to understand a lot more about their habits.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I hear this so often from sustainable fashion brands that in the end, a big part of your job is in fact educating the customer. But I think that's, yeah, that's definitely the way to go. And in sustainable fashion, we also often talk about collaboration and that, yeah, collaborating with each other is so important. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about your approach to the business. And yeah, does collaboration play a big role? Who are your partners?
1: Absolutely, collaboration really does. I think um, it's much easier during non-COVID times because you can see people travel and build better relationships. It's been harder um, with, you know, like the core of the business growing during COVID times to create stronger relationships and these collaborations. And of course, the fashion industry is going through a really tough time right now. Uh, Everything's closed, they have huge uncertainty. So um, I think as we come out of COVID, we will have much stronger collaborations with fashion brands. And a lot of things have been bubbling, you know, uh, and lots of exciting projects that we've been working on. But they will come to life, I think, after COVID. So one example which I think I'm allowed to mention is the collaboration with Otto. We've been working with Otto for a year now to try and basically produce new products for them to retail made out of fashion waste. And this is one of the biggest projects we've been working on for a while. But again, COVID slows a lot of things down. Um, You know, even just simple decision making where you could all just meet in a room, is uh, it takes a lot longer if you're doing things by email so hopefully after covid there'll be a lot more exciting collaborations that i'm allowed to talk about
0: cool but that's amazing already so congrats on that collaboration and yeah looking forward to what's next and talking about that um can you tell us a bit more about where you are now and where do you see the company going in the next three to five years um, so, right now, actually, today is the official day that we're at,
1: uh, mentioning the new product launch, which is the eyewear line. Um, so, today's actually a really exciting day to do this podcast. Um, and it, uh, thank you. Um, and the, the glasses are available for pre order. Uh, In the next three to five years, I see us producing a whole ecosystem of products, not just eyewear, because this is really just the beginning. As I mentioned, the material is so versatile that I think we could be having very soon, you know, our own sustainable accessories, uh, furniture line. So there's a lot more that we'll be doing. And I think. That's where the ecosystem will grow. Um, I also see us potentially white labeling a lot of products for brands that have their own label, they're large fashion brands, but they want their own sustainable products. And the good thing is because we produce everything in Europe and the waste is also locally sourced, they can also guarantee that everything is done you know, with fair wages in mind, everything is done um, locally and as ethically as possible. So, um, yeah, I see a mixture of building our own ecosystem with white labeling of sustainable products.
0: That's amazing and can be really a big game changer. Um, and I've heard you talk about mindset before. And since a lot of listeners are entrepreneurs or maybe they're about to start their own sustainable venture, um, do you have any tips for them?
1: Um, <laughs> mindset is... a uh, a really tough thing i think i think as you're when you're an entrepreneur you go through real ups and downs uh it's such a huge roller coaster and um you can have a day where you've had like <coughs> the best news and the worst news all at the same time um and every day something new is happening so it's really exciting but uh there's a lot to keep up with um so my recommendations are to have a really good a group of founder friends who you can share that journey with because um to be honest now some of my closest friends are the friends who are founders as well because they can just relate to everything that I'm going through and I know that I'm not the only one you know going crazy that there's other people going through the same feelings or same up and downs as me and it's kind of like having a support group so my biggest recommendation is to have a good foundation of founder friends my other recommendation is to have a good network of mentors and advisors who can really help you to uh, guide you through your journey because um, there's a lot that you need to figure out and you need to figure out everything from scratch and there's a lot you know that you learn I'm, I'm an engineer I've learned so many other things from starting my own company but a lot has also come from mentors and angels, business angels who have so much more experience they've started their own companies they probably two or three so getting people's advice is really important i've been so open to just having calls with people because that's how you learn and you may not take everyone's advice on board but you should be open to at least listening to it
0: thank you yeah i feel the same way and i feel like so often we um don't even try uh, reaching out to people because we know we're not confident enough and then it turns out everybody's really happy to help actually so yeah
1: especially during covid um because people have been at home anyway so it's not like you're ha- hassling them through a tough time you know they're they're at home and probably have half an hour spare to give you some advice
0: yeah absolutely and um I was wondering, um, how do you define sustainability for yourself? What does it mean to you? And then what does it mean for you as a company at Kleiderli? Um, For me personally,
1: it's a hard one. That's a really hard one. I feel like... I need to do my, everyone has a responsibility to do something to make a difference, right? Whether that's starting your own company, which might be a bit extreme, or just day-to-day general habit changes. So thinking twice or three times before buying something or um, thinking you know really where your clothes are going before you're donating them everyone has a responsibility to ha- make small changes and collectively if we make these small changes together we're going to make a huge difference but if one or two people are making difference then ultimately overall there's no difference so everyone has a responsibility uh, and that's personally that's how i feel i feel like i'm doing my best and i'm doing my best through cliently to help educate people as well and i hope that this has a you know, collective effect on whoever knows us or me or the journey of Um For Colliderly, I think sustainability is really involved around fashion or textile waste or plastics because we replace plastics. So trying to educate everyone around what they're buying, how how much they're buying and how they can make better choices to still, you know, be involved in the fashion world, but in, a, in a, a healthier, more eco-friendly way.
0: Cool. And switching back to, <coughs> I'm sorry, switching back <laughs> to your own personal life, um, can you tell us a little bit about your own fashion choices? How do you approach them? And do you have any tips for other people? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah it's so funny so I always used to be this kind of person who pretty much wore the same thing and uh, there's multiple reasons for this. Um, one it saves a lot of time especially when I became a founder I realized how valuable that time is. I just don't have time to sit around figuring out an outfit to be honest. Second thing is um, I've maybe just gotten to this age now where I realize that there's certain things I feel really comfortable in and I'm going to wear what makes me feel comfortable because that's also when I feel the most confident so I'm not gonna try and like you know meet every single new trend that's coming out because it might just doesn't go with my style so I've I've gotten to this age where maybe and I'm not old but gotten to this point in my life where I know my style and this is what I'm sticking to and it makes Fashion choices is so much easier because I know that this is this is what makes me happy, and I could go, you know, one way or the other slightly, but I'm not going to deviate hugely. Um, well, I've also noticed that I like people comment on what I wear a lot as well. Without me, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not talking about it very often. You, this is probably one of the first podcasts everyone talked about my own fashion choices, and so. Um, people will comment on a day where maybe I'm not wearing something that I usually do. So clearly I'm associated with a specific look, which I think is a good thing actually. Um, But my personal reasons for doing this is because if I have a specific like habit or a look, or I'm wearing the similar things. I have less pressure to buy more because I know that I'm just going to have my usual look. If I'm trying to keep up with habits or like the new trends that are coming out every other week, there's no way that my sustainable, my fashion choices are sustainable. Like there's no way you can be sustainable if you're wearing a different outfit every single day. And this is something that I find interesting when I look at sustainable fashion influencers who are wearing completely different outfits every single day and every image on their, on their, on their Instagram feed, for example, is a different picture. I don't think that's sustainable. Um, yes, it's sustainable if maybe the fabrics are, but if you still have a hundred new outfits in your closet, then that's not sustainable. So, I tr- I think that if I'm preaching about not preaching, but you know speaking about um, sustainable fashion, I need to also act in the same way. So that's why I have, in a way, created my own capsule wardrobe. Um, which I keep going into and I just wear it in different ways and I save time. I save money and I'm also more sustainable. That's great. Um, oh, sorry, wait, you asked for tips. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, sure. Um, I'd say really, um, actually it's someone who I know who actually had created their own capsule wardrobe, who's a lot younger, that really I found very inspiring. Um because she spent uh, at that age, I think is also really inspirational to create your own capsule wardrobe at a really young age must be tough because I know that when you're 18 or 19, you want to keep up with the trends, but spending that extra amount of time to really think about how your wardrobe aligns with your values is so important because that's how people see you. And so you want your, the way you look to also be aligned with how, what your values are. So, um, spending time. So a capsule wardrobe is basically narrowing your whole wardrobe down to apparently the key number is 37 items. You should not have more than that. That is mainly including like bottoms, tops, dresses, skirts, whatever, obviously not things like underwear and and accessories or jewelry. Um, But if you can narrow things down to 37 items, that's apparently the perfect solution to solving all of your problem is it's the the key to um being as quick as possible but of course so of course also like saving money so i would recommend people to start spending some time thinking of what they don't need anymore and have they worn it in the past 6 months maybe covert times is um not necessarily the most accurate i'm sure in the last 6 months that we've not worn a lot of things that we would have worn um, but really thinking about if you're gonna wear it again. And my personal test is always, does it pass the 30 day wear test? So will I wear it for 30 days? If so, then I will buy it. But if I'm not going to wear it, like if I'm gonna wear it very rarely, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> and it 's all about investing in in quality right, and just building your your look and your style because I figure also so often we actually end up buying the same pieces over and over again, and simply because the quality is not good, we end up buying more and more so yeah yeah that's great and then we're coming to my last question. Um, we like to talk um about mindfulness on this podcast as well, and I heard you actually talking before about how important creating a balanced life is and prioritizing your health and your well-being as well. So it would be great if you can share what mindfulness um, means to you and does it play a role in your life?
1: Absolutely. Um, I've also been such a fan of even just the term mindfulness because it's basically you thinking, you know, putting your mind really where you are. That's how I see it. So sometimes when you step back and you think about things, you realize you're not even in the moment. Your head is in a million different places, either replaying half the stuff you did the last week or thinking about what you're gonna do in a few weeks time. So for me, mindfulness is being in the moment and really enjoying what's happening now because we have no control over what's gonna happen in the future, but we have control over what we're doing at this specific moment in time. So I really like to um, uh, kind of sometimes just take stock and look back and see how far I've come. Because sometimes I get scared of the future and the best way to kind of combat that is to look and think how many obstacles you've overcome. So the way I do this is I like to go for walks. I love walking in nature as much as possible, which is kind of hard living in a city, but luckily I don't live far from a park. Um, but also I love just being in nature. So if I can, time, I could, I would love to like, just go, go to the mountains. So I can't wait for travel because that's what I want to do. Um, and that's the best time for me to reflect. And I actually went for a walk this morning and I was just thinking about where I was this time last year. And I was thinking, there's so many things I hadn't figured out um, that I know now and looking back, I think, wow, I was so scared of that time and clearly I've gotten through it. So anything that I'm scared of now will also pass and I'll be looking back on this moment, but I need to enjoy it. Uh, I think it's really hard to do when you're, um, so busy to enjoy the journey. Um, but I'm doing my best to do that. And reflection is a big part of it. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's what mindfulness means to me is enjoying it. I think it's um, hard to do so if you're really busy. So I like to try, I'm trying to be as strict with myself as possible. So ideally I don't work in the evenings, not always the case. I was working the last few evenings. So it's, you can't, I'm not, I'm not perfect. <laughs> no one is. Um, but I also try and do my best to not work on say like Friday evening and Saturdays example so having clear boundaries helps you to have that time away Um, and when I started I did not have clear boundaries at all I would be working all the time and that's a problem because you're not able to step back and reflect to really even just see a problem from an outsider's perspective so mindfulness
0: for me is stopping and taking stock of what's happening I love that Uh, Alina, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast and sharing all these insights with, with us. It was a pleasure having you. And yeah, where do people find you? Um, they can
1: find me on Instagram. Uh, I think my handle is just my full name, Alina Vasi. Um, and of course, Clyde Lee Berlin. It would be amazing if everyone followed Clyde Lee Berlin on Instagram. But then, of course, we have Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, so all of those channels are also great uh, to kind of connect with us. Um, for me personally, I like to be connected with on Instagram
0: or LinkedIn. Great going to have all this um, in the show notes. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining me and Alina in this conversation. If you're curious to find out more, you will find all the handles of Alina and Clatterly in the show notes as always. And please, Send me your feedback over Instagram and tell me anything else you'd like to hear about more, anything, any topics that you'd like to discuss and talk to you soon.